This is One Ogden. I'm John Miles. I Dig Ogden is an online farmer's market that delivers local goods and services right to your door. Dennis Deuce is the owner of I Dig Ogden, and he also owns Shanshui Gardens, an all-natural biodiverse farm that grows and sells herbs, edible flowers, and soil supplements. You've got all those plants. I've got all the plants, and there's actually six ponds in there, natural spring ponds. Yeah. Koi. Cool. I had never seen that until I looked at your, your social. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, we, we have... In pond, we have about 40 koi. Our largest one, last time I saw him, was about 26 inches. Yeah. We have about, I think we've got about 60 trout, varying from new babies up to, we have some trout that are about 24 inches as well. Unbelievably amazing trout. We've fished a few and eaten them. And uh, wow. they're just, they're so good. They're not like a farmed trout at all because... I, they're not lined ponds. Okay. They're mud bottom. They I don't control any of the algae in any chemical form whatsoever. Everything is controlled by the way that I shape the land and the use of plants around the border. Like, for example, barley. Mm-hmm. Barley is a hyper accumulator of phosphate. So I plant barley. And it pulls the phosphate out. Phosphate is the key ingredient in the growth of algae. So if I can keep the phosphate out of the water, the algae stays down. I also have some little floating islands and other things like that. Creative, organic, biodiverse methods. And then we, on top of the koi and the trout, we have about 250 or 300 goldfish that are averaging about 8 inches. They're big goldfish. And they were all a, a one-time rescue that then had more babies. Um, my sister found a swimming pool that had baby goldfish in it. And when we rescued them, the water was... It literally looked like chocolate milk. Oh. It didn't smell like chocolate milk. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. And I didn't take my testing equipment, so I didn't test oxygen level. But I can pretty much assure you those fish had maybe two months to live... And we rescued, we, it took us two separate times, four hours each time, and we rescued 60 koi each time. So 120, we put 60 in each of two ponds. It's like some abandoned pool that, yeah. that like somehow got filled with sediment to the point where chlorine wasn't a problem? Uh, well, uh, pro- well, chlorine evaporates oh, over okay. time. So if you're not adding more chlorine, chlorine will evaporate. It depends on temperature and a whole bunch of other things. Websites will always tell you it's 24 to 48 hours. It can be a couple of weeks, but it does evaporate. So my best guess is that a clutch of eggs stuck, because goldfish eggs are incredibly sticky on purpose, probably stuck to the foot of a duck that landed in the pool. Upon impact, they released, and the first ones were thus born. So is that all these plants by the ponds? Is that also where you're doing all of your herb growing and all of that? No, my my herbs, my microgreens, and my edible flowers are done indoors. The edible flowers and herbs are done aquaponically. So we also have, I've got a 300-gallon aquaponic system that has koi and goldfish in it, as well as a whole bunch of snails and other things to keep the glass clean. I'm a very lazy person. If, if I can get somebody else to do my work, I'm all in, especially if that somebody else is going to give me poop back. 
you know? Right. I, I, will, I will do almost, or I will do nothing anytime <laughs> someone gives me poop. Because we also do, like, compost teas and uh, worm farming, and we sell those items as well. And some food waste pickup from a few restaurants. It's a whole... My yard is an ecosystem yeah, in and of itself. Right. I respect that, too, that you also let plants do the work for you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If, if I can figure out a way to use a plant or an insect or a fungus or I'm all in. Yeah. And so that business is called, what is it called again? Shan Shui Gardens. Shan Shui Gardens. Yep. It's herbs, edible flowers. And you're selling this. I've seen you down at the farmer's market. Uh-huh. I know you do that. Yep. How long have you been doing that? Well, so I retired uh, basically a year ago right now. Um, I have been building the backyard biosphere, if you want to call it that, for about six years now. Mm. Um, But it was last, late January, early February, that I decided to retire and just farm for what income I still needed to make up Mm. and to keep active. Um, so last summer was my first farmer's market, but we did summer, we did fall, we're in the winter, so we'll be back at the Union Station last Saturday of January, every Saturday in February. Oh, they're doing like a winter's farmer's market? Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. And so then when it's, because when it's not farmer's market season, how are you maintaining business? I mean, are you even still able to, to grow the stuff right now? Oh, absolutely. Hmm. I mean, the reason that I was late meeting you was... I had to water my microgreens this morning. So we do uh, a lot of microgreen business. We uh, deliver the microgreens through uh, a separate wholly owned business that is owned by Shan Shui Gardens called iDig Ogden. And iDig Ogden is like an online farmer's market. It started out as just my own website for Shan Shui Gardens. Mm -hmm. With my history pre-retirement being in sales and marketing, a lot of the other farmers thought it was cool, asked if I could sell and deliver their products. One thing led to another, and it's almost starting to take on a life of its own as a movement. Yeah. This culture, um, these priorities, I don't know. It's becoming more of a thing in Ogden, but they are. I, f- I feel like they're looking for kind of a catalyzing element. And I presume that a farmer's market during the winter can only include certain kinds of farmers, right? Right. And so... Um, so what kind of stuff is in the, the online farmer's market right now? So currently, I'm the only one that is growing anything. Mm. Is that correct? Yeah. There's my company. There is Mountain Born Creamery. They do um, artisan butters. They do some, you know, Amish style, salted and unsalted for, you know, high quality baking. And then they also do um, some flavored butters that are amazing. Then I have two different companies that do two different kinds of sourdough. Currently, only one of them's up on the site. The other one has sent me everything, and I just haven't gotten it up on the site. It will be up by next week. We've got a company out of Morgan called Delivered, and they do... It's kind of like Papa Murphy's does gourmet Mrs. Field's dough. Um, like yeah. bread doughs? Uh, cookie dough. Specifically oh, cookie oh. dough. And I haven't yet tried it, but this is their first week up there on the site. But I'll tell you what, the photos make it look amazing. And then we have we have a watercolor artist that was at the farmer's market this last fall. She wasn't there in the summer, but she was in the fall market. Mm-hmm. We have a company that does 
locally handcrafted jewelry and they do some other decorative items like dough bowl candles things like that oh misfit mushrooms so we got gourmet mushrooms Sunti Kombucha is on there, and we're doing some a few collaborations with Sunti. The most exciting one is hashtag Music Booch. Oh, yeah. Did you see that already? I, what is that? Okay. So the official video is going to get recorded this weekend when Josh and I actually set up the experiment. It's Josh's basic brainchild that entered my brain and just kind of spun out of control. So his basic thing was, he was telling me, um, this is just last Friday, I move quickly when I move. <laughs> Good. Um, I like it. He, he says, you know, I, I've kind of always wanted to like take three buckets and isolate them and do the first stage brewing, which is the stage in which the kombucha is brewed to make what's called base kombucha. And then you brew again for flavor, mm. okay? So you're creating all the microorganisms and the effervescence that's in kombucha that all comes from first phase okay i've wanted to like play three different songs over and over to three different small batches and see if you know if all other parameters are the same temperature quantity of scoby amount of water amount of sugar all of those things are identical then what happens are these different do they taste different from each other do they did the SCOBY grow or not grow more than the other ones? What happens with different music? So that was, that was his base experiment. At that point in time, my brain spun out of control uh-huh. because we were already trying to make music part of I Dig Ogden. The reason is we're calling it an online farmer's market. And let's be serious. Who wants to go to a farmer's market where there isn't local bands playing in the background? It's just not as fun. I love it. Right? So... Um, on top of food and artists and local businesses where we've been trying to support local musicians. And we've found a way to be able to put their music up like the old iTunes was. Uh-huh. And you can download a song. And then we can give links to their, you know, Spotify and things like that, right? Right. So I took the idea and I went, oh, well, this would be easy. I'm already negotiating with a number of musicians. I'll get three songs. We'll play them. But let's take it a step further. Let's make this even more fun. Let's turn it into an actual product. So you can buy a Music Booch 12-pack. We'll do one a month if the first one goes well, if the community engages behind the idea, Mm -hmm. right? And what you'll get is you've got four bottles, 16-ounce bottles, of each of the three flavors. While the first phase Booch is going on, Josh, the brewmaster, at Sunti is going to try and identify or resonate with the music in such a way that that guides the flavor that he creates in the second phase of each of these three buckets. So when you pre-order your music booch, you will get the three songs as well, and you will be able to play those. Now, here's the thing. We don't know for sure if this is going to happen, but scientifically, it makes sense that it would. The living microbiome within the SCOBY and the kombucha is going to get attuned to the one song. Right. Theoretically, if you listen to the song at the same time you're drinking the kombucha that is resonated to that song, your own microbiome in your stomach should 
again, theoretically, balance against what you're drinking. We already know that in the world of probiotics, kombucha is the highest grade of probiotic you can take in. Yogurt is kind of the middle ground, slightly above middle, and the probiotic pills and powders are, they're like the vitamins. They're, they're always going to be a diminished form. Yeah. Not that they're not good, but those are kind of the, the stages. So we believe that we're going to be able to create an even greater interaction between the mu- music, your biome, and the biome of the kombucha. Yeah, I love music this. Music You're saying, so the music is working up the, the organisms when it's brewing, then it's inspiring the flavor that the brewer puts into it, and then the, the consumer is also listening to that music. I love that. I yeah. mean, even if it's not scientifically proven, there's still something in there that, like, you know, if hey. you are trying to tune into that stuff, you could feel that, for sure. Hey, we're sitting here at the Lotus Cafe, uh-huh. okay? Like, if this isn't the pers- perfect place to talk about exactly what you're, you're saying, you know, I, I don't know that there's a huge amount of... I'm, I'm looking at the crystals that are right in front of me. I don't know how much science there is behind those. Mm-hmm. What I can tell you in my life is that they work. Do they work because I believe they work? Or do they work because they actually work? I don't care. <laughs> right. Right? So if you were to believe what I just said about the biome... Mm-hmm. It is going to work. Yeah, right. Right? If you don't believe, it's not going to work. <laughs> I love it. It's like, it's like uh, you know, a concert that you bring into your body and then the rest of your body dances right. along with it. Right, exactly. Cool. And we have another step. We're not even trying to do that this month. But we have the ability to do custom labels. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have that up. You can, like, for Valentine's Day, you can get your loved one a 12-pack with 12 pictures of the two of you, you know. Yeah, that's cool. But we want local artists to resonate with the songs. And if a song resonates with them properly, then we want them to reach out to us and say, hey, or not a song, if a picture, painting, creation resonates, we want them to reach out and that will become the label. So even the label is hopefully going to resonate with all of the rest. Yeah, that's like this full spectrum experience. <laughs> it's cool. I like it. Yep. So let's go back to the, I dig Ogden, the online farmer's market for a minute. Somebody around here who wants to get involved in that, you provide the platform online. You provide distribution, you said? Yes. And you provide some kind of marketing? Yeah. At this time, uh, all the marketing is, is being done grassroots, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, you know, we have social platforms. We've got the website. Um, you know, we will be at the farmer's market. Um, and we're, we're trying to create other venues that will allow for marketing in such a way that they don't cost us money. We're going to do a monthly restaurant crawl mm. where we will highlight a restaurant that buys farm to table locally. Um, they don't have to be buying through IDIG Ogden. They just have to be bl- buying farm to table. Yeah. And so we'll have a night. Uh, the, fir- the first one is um, going to be in late February at the Garden Grill, which is hands down Ogden's best kept secret. Yeah, I'm not even sure I know where it is. That's everyone's <laughs> response. And it's been there for 10 years. Oh. And the executive chef is insanely good the Mm. stuff looks like the things you'd find on like a new york restaurant review magazine Mm. like just gorgeous stuff and they're farm to table 
They do farm to table they through try. us. Yeah. They're not entirely farm to table. Well, let's be serious. In Utah, you can't be farm to table entirely. It's not yeah. possible. Yeah. But um, we're just trying to embrace those who are. So the idea will be the hors d'oeuvres, the salads, and the dessert are all going to be communal. And then you'll have five regular menu items that you can select from. What we're wanting is when people come into the restaurant, they experience as much of the restaurant as possible instead of just this little window of what they ordered. Yeah. Um, Oh, I was picturing like a restaurant week, but instead of it being done by the food distributors, it's done by the the local farms. No, we're we're highlighting a single restaurant Mm. towards the end of each month where we will all go and sit together. There will be people from... I dig Ogden, some of the local farmers. They may or may not be selling to that person. Um, So you can meet the people that you're buying stuff from on a weekly basis. Um, The chef, you'll be able to meet the chef. He'll come out or she'll come out Mm -hmm. and engage with us. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, I call it a a restaurant crawl because through the year we're crawling through multiple restaurants, not a restaurant crawl as in one after another in a single night. Right, right. Are there more farm-to-table, or at least, you know, what are some of the other businesses that support Uh, this model that you know of? So we are working directly right now with Carlos and Harley's up in Eden, Mm -hmm. which if you haven't been up to Carlos and Harley's since the ownership change, you owe it to yourself. Oh, I didn't know. When when did that happen? I'm not certain when it happened, Mm. but I I believe it was sometime in the late spring, early summer. Oh, interesting. Um, And it is a much higher level. The the chef was the executive chef at the school up in Park City before he came here. Mm. So he's not just an executive chef. He's an ex-executive chef trainer. Uh. He's really good. And, uh, you know, I know that there are a lot of others that aren't buying from us that will support Tona. Mm. does some farm to table table 25 does hearth on 25th does Mm. stella's does um and where's the garden the garden grill yeah (laughs) this is the other weird thing it's like right in front of your face and you don't know it's there it's inside the hilton garden kitty corner to the megaplex oh yeah i've never tried that and i've seen it on the map and then i thought oh that's the the hotel restaurant and it is not a hotel restaurant yeah it is it is seriously Ogden's best kept secret. And when you want to go out on a Friday or a Saturday night and there's a 25-minute line everywhere else, mm-hmm. there's a table open. Wow. So you can go sit down, have a killer meal. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, and so then you guys also do yoga, is that right? We do yoga on the farm. There's an island in amongst the ponds. It's about 1,200 square feet. Mm. It's covered in clover instead of grass. And... Uh, yeah, we bring in yoga instructors. We bring in um, uh, somebody to do sound baths once a week. Um, we do an event that's focused around... It's done on the Saturday closest to the full moon. Um, it's really fun. Uh, it starts at sunset. So the last thing... We, we do multiple things before the last thing, but the last thing is always yoga, which is in the dark, which is super fun. And then we're going to have at least one farm-to-table event... Uh, on the 27th of May, um, but I'm hoping to have one also around the Canadian Thanksgiving. Um, I'm Canadian. Oh, okay. And, I don't uh, know when Canadian Thanksgiving is. It's the first Monday of October. 
Oh, okay. And so we would want it on the Saturday closest to that. And instead of doing a Thanksgiving meal, the plan is to do like a drinks and poutine with a bunch of different chefs taking license on the basic Canadian poutine. Ah. One chef's actually talking about possibly doing a Thanksgiving poutine, which totally works. Turkey gravy, turkey, cranberries on top of french fries. I mean, heck, you could do sweet potato french fries. It's the entire thing. Huh. So I was really excited when, when that one bounced off someone's head. Yeah, that's cool. So what is, your, what is your background? Like, how long have you been in Ogden? About six years. And what were you doing before you were farming? And uh, Most of my life, I have been in sales, specifically sales of roof installations, oh, working yeah. for roofing companies or having my own roofing company, as the case may be. And my focus was the Park City market. So, you know, a lot of really high-end homes. I worked with a lot of really mm. high-end builders. Yeah. Um, and that was my, you know... That's the majority of my career is roofing up there. Yeah. It also included some siding, you know, some windows, some soffit fascia, gutters, mm. chimney caps, all sorts of different things. So is, is the yoga under the Shan Shui Gardens umbrella? Right. And are there other services you guys do besides the... Yeah. Uh, and, and so we do services and we do products under Shan Shui, and, and these are either available or or will be soon available. We have um, some compost tea that we make on site. Mm. So if, you know, if you're trying to increase your soil quality, adding the microorganisms, that's a great way oh, to do really? it. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. And that compost tea is made 100% from waste from the cleaning of the aquaponics system. Huh. Um, so it's wastewater that then is brewed in a way to increase the number of bacteria, huh. good bacteria. Um, and we've been playing around running tests on our microgreens. We're averaging over 25% increase in yield by using it on microgreens. Wow. Um, so it's, it's a, that's pretty significant. We call it Shan tea yeah. <laughs> because it's compost tea. And we sell that in a few forms, a five gallon bucket, a one gallon bucket, um, a two liter bottle, which is a recycled soda bottle. Uh-huh. And, um, and then we also a pre-diluted foliar spray uh-huh. for like indoor plants and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, we also sell a product that's called leachate. Uh, it comes out of the way that we're handling food waste. It's, we don't compost the food waste. We, we basically ferment it. We're basically making kimchi for bugs in the soil. Huh. Um, in the fermenting process, we have to drain off the liquid. And that liquid is not good for very many things except pouring down your drain. And the, the bacteria that are in it um, love eating fat and grease and hair. Those are some of their favorite things. So if you pour wow. it down your drain, it's a preventative drain cleaner. And it'll immediately go to work keeping those clear. And then, yeah, we will have um, worm castings later this year. So worm worm compost. And probably by this time next year, we'll have enough worms that we'll be able to start to sell worms to people who want to do their own vermicasting. We also do educational things around town. I have a class I'm doing with USU on how to grow microgreens coming up. Uh, Gee, I can't remember the date it's it's um either a week from tomorrow or two weeks from tomorrow it's a thursday night uh that's at the botanical gardens mm. usu botanical gardens 
and yeah, I'm going to be doing a class for them also mid-spring on uh, soil, how to enhance your soil using either things like compost tea or using particular plants that benefit your soil. How did you learn all this stuff? <laughs> Just a hobby? It started out at, at not even a hobby. It's when six years ago I found out that I had natural springs in my property. When we bought the property, my back half acre was a pasture and I was mowing my lawn every week and the um, I'd keep getting my riding mower stuck but not in the same spot. It was like moving mm. every week. And I couldn't figure out what was going on, complaining over the fence to my neighbor. He says, well, you know, you've got natural springs in your property. They piped it out in the 70s so they could put horses on it. Probably the pipes are all plugged. You'll probably just have to dig them up and replace them. So as I'm prone to do, I rented a track hoe. Of course, I rented it from the only place you should rent from if they have it, um, you know, a local rental place. Uh, what's their name? They're on, they're, they're on Washington, just north of the Washington sign. Anyway, so I rented from them uh, a track hoe. I'd never done it before. I just started digging. Um, but very quickly, within a couple of hours, I realized that to say that I had water or natural springs flowing underground was a massive understatement. <laughs> yeah. I had huge amounts of water. I felt like I was the Beverly Hillbillies, you know, with, <laughs> with oil. water being more <laughs> valuable than oil in Utah. Yeah. And so I decided to turn it into ponds. Well, my wife held me back. She wasn't too excited about the ponds. She let me make two that weekend. Mm. And very quickly, new plants started coming up that I hadn't seeded. Once they came up, bugs came around that hadn't been around before, dragonflies specifically. Um, later, bees, and more specifically, the, the very um, local bees and wasps uh, that are really beneficial here in Utah. And so oh, those wasps are good. Oh, oh, no. There are some really amazing wasps. They parasitoid wasps. They won't sting humans. Really? But they um, lay their eggs inside of other, other bugs inv- yeah. Yeah. that are almost exclusively invasive species huh. in Utah. And then their babies do all the killing yeah. from the inside out. It's morbidly fun to watch. <laughs> but, yeah, so... This, uh, this just, as things started to change and I started to see stuff change, I got excited and kind of started learning. I'm an obsessive learner. I mean, I'm 55. People say, you know, all my life I've heard you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I'm here to tell you that this old dog loves learning just as much as he did when he was a young dog. Uh-huh. I just cannot get enough information. Uh-huh. Um, and so I just started obsessing over biodiversity and permaculture and, you know, learning more and more and allowing my property to develop as it wanted to develop. Yeah, right. I let any plant that just shows up grow long enough that I can fully identify it. And then I decide between a number of actions. In some cases, I do tear them out, but that's less than 20%. Mm-hmm. The majority are left where they landed because clearly they like the spot. And I rearrange paths and ponds around those things when they happen. 
Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes I will move them. And, and the next thing that I want to do is when, like, I've got a cherry tree that showed up last year. And it's a beautiful cherry tree, the type that it will grow up to be. But it's not edible cherries. And so I'm probably going to graft some cherries into that tree so that it produces as well as looking beautiful. I love that story because it's like the earth just was telling you what it wanted you to do and all you had to do was start listening and then it just produces all this stuff like you say it does the work for you. (laughs) That's exactly how I've described it exactly like that over and over again that I don't impose myself upon the land. The Mm -hmm. land tells me what it wants to be. Right and then you do some research to figure out how to turn the fish poop into compost or something, but yeah. you just take what it gives you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I love it. All right. I think that's all I've got. Thank you very much. Okay. Hey, have you told your friends to listen yet? Because come on, tell them it's good. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.